1: I am just not sure how to start this show, fellas, so we're just going to go with the facts. We are here, everybody, on the Irish Breakdown Podcast to discuss Notre Dame's thirty-five, thirty-two win over Navy. And I got to keep telling myself that because I have never come out of a win feeling as uh, frustrated as I and dejected as I do right now, guys. Notre Dame just picked up a 35-32 win over Navy in one of the... I'll just say weirdest games I've ever seen in my life, guys. I don't know if I've ever seen a game that was as good as it was at times and as bad as it was at times in the same game. But, fellas, end of the day, Notre Dame is 7-3. They got the win. They faced the triple option. You got it out of your system. You were missing two defensive starters. You got the win. It wasn't pretty. It was ugly. We're going to have a lot to say about it, but – end of the day, the important thing is to get the win. And Notre Dame certainly did that fence. It was very, it was, look, I'm not going to sit here and justify winning is all that matters. No, you missed an opportunity in this game, but, but they still got the win and that's key.
2: I wish there was an option to just stop playing at halftime. How about that? (laughs) Like that would have been, we could have gotten the show done earlier. Uh, You know, we would have had a better taste in our mouth with everything that was going on. It was just. A really, really, really good first half offensively followed by I don't have answers to what I was watching. Like, I don't understand that. And, and in the, this is a macro view of things, but, but still the game plan in the second half where you try for the home run shot, take a sack, second down, run the ball, and then third down's a grab bag. You don't really know what you're going to get. Most likely they're going to try to run the ball on third and long. Like, I and then punt it away. Like, why is that your offensive strategy? I just, I don't understand a lot of the things that happened in the second half offensively. And I think defensively, JD not being in the game really, really hurt them. I don't know how much he practiced this week and how much they were counting on him uh in the, you know, during the week. And then maybe he was just a no-go today. I don't know the answer to that but they missed his leadership and his knowledge of how to play defense in this game.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast
4: Your point, Vince, I guess JD has a groin that might keep him out even through the Boston College game. So (laughs) that's – there's that. Look, we've seen this, man. We've seen this. I've seen the conversation in the chat. Everybody. It was all bad in the second half. Offense, defense, the only consistency was special teams.
1: Brian Mason. Uh, how, Brian how, do Mason. They, how do they how they keep getting blocked punts, guys? Like, you know it's coming. I mean, you know it's coming.
4: It's unbelievable. It's, it means they have a coach on the staff that actually looks at the opponent's yep. approach to punt and finds a way to pressure. And he teaches, watch all the guys, when they're coming up to the blockers that are in front of – they all – Reach around. Mm -hmm. He teaches, get your arms up, reach around, and guess what? The ball just might run into your hand. Don't just run up to the blockers and stop or run into them. Actually, try to get your hand up, and that's exactly what happened today. And they got another block. Why? Because the ball just happened to go in that direction.
1: And they they play hard too, Sean. I mean, the, The intensity we see from that unit week after week just never changes, no matter who they're playing.
4: And I think Prince Collie had a big time hit on a kick, a kickoff. Look, they looked out right before they tried to the surprise onside. Mason told his people, look out for it. And guess what they tried? And they were ready for it. Right. It's look, man. From from I'll say this. Vince, you said they took their foot off the gas and you could tell. First, Oh, race. God. Yes. Right.
1: Yeah.
4: I look. I've had enough and heard enough from the head coach to say I'm not even putting that on time, because I've heard it too many times from the head coach. Several times, that's on me. I said this. I said that, just like I said in Clemson. I'm Look, if they wanted to put their foot on Navy's neck, it should have come from the top. The coordinator should not have been allowed to take his foot off the gas.
1: Sean, can I ask you a question? Do you do you really believe that? I mean, that not, not 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 what you just said. Please please don't let me finish. Let me explain. Let me let me say this right. Do you really believe that he did and said what what he said he did? Because here here's my thing. When I when I watched that game and, and I watched Navy, you know, do what they did on that first drive, and then I watched the second. I watched the second series. And I see drop back pass first play of the of the drive, and then they they go three and out. Then they get to the fourth quarter, and they go pass their second second series of the second half. You know, for what they go. Let me oh, hold on a second. That was the interception. I missed the first two plays. They second series second half, they mm-hmm. go run run pass, and then the next series they go pass 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 run. Pass. So, I mean, is that just a head coach covering, or do you really think that, that he told Tommy to do something different the second half? I, I will say this. All, all that I'm saying is yeah. I've
4: heard it from him sure, multiple times this year. Sure. It's on me. I said this. So I'm going to take him at his yeah. word until I hear different. It's easy for me to say that was on the coordinator. I'm going to trust if he is standing in front of the bullet. Hey, that's what a head coach is supposed to do. Sure. I'm still going to to take him at his word.
1: Let's just say I disagreed with you that he's just covering for the offensive coordinator and you stick to your guns on what you're saying. The fact of the matter is, is where, where the head coach, in my opinion, needed to step up in this game is on both sides of the ball. There was a severe drop in intensity in the second half. And no matter what you think of the play calling and on both sides of the ball, that was the thing that bothered me. Is even when Navy was coming back, there was just no like urgency at all. And it's just kind of like they were like, ah, "We got this. It's fine. You know, let's just get out of here and get this dub." And and there was just no urgency. Like I actually thought we saw good energy early on. I did. I thought early in the game, we saw good energy. I saw, thought they came out offensively and they're playing hard. I thought defensively, the game plan was just garbage. I didn't think the players weren't, weren't playing, not playing hard, you know, like even on the, the the first long run they had, the linebackers both got ate up, but they both came downhill hard. Second half is a different story, fellas, is it, it, just the, the lack of intensity. And then, right, wh- wh- who's the, okay, I'm going to step up and make a play here guy, you know, and, and – you get chances to put them away and you got fifth year seniors getting holding penalties and in the end zone and you get fifth year seniors getting holding penalties down the field and you get, you know, I mean, it wasn't like you could blame it on the young guys. I mean, young guys had their mistakes, too. Jade and Mickey got beat. But that's the stuff that's been bothering me all years. When we get into these situations, it's it's the veterans a lot of times who end up being the ones that you look at and say. Dude, why are you making that mistake? I can understand if Jaden Mickey wants to make that mistake or Prince J- Jalen Sneed wants to make that mistake or or Junior 2 Alamaka wants to make that mistake. I mean, I could sit here and spin this and say, hey, guys, there were times in the second half they had four true freshmen on the field at the same time playing a triple option. Okay. That wouldn't have been the case without injuries. But the thing is, is it wasn't necessarily the freshmen making all the mistakes. The mistakes. You know? And that's, yeah. the, that's the frustrating thing for me. When I look at it, we'll get into the offense here, fellas. Uh, we're going to reverse a little bit because I want to talk about the defense today. I, I I think that as we get ready to kind of criticize what we're about to see, it can't be dismissed about the fact that they did not have J.D. Bertrand and Brandon Joseph in this game. That can't be ignored. It, it can't be completely ignored. It doesn't completely justify everything, but it can't be ignored because – Marist needs to be outside against the triple option and, and, and you know, and then you've got him beside a true freshman and it was just a recipe for uh, disaster. I was, you know, we talked about this, Sean, you and I, I think talked about it last. I know Ryan and I talked about this on Thursday. I kind of felt like coming in the game, you're going to see Marist on the outside and Kaiser inside.
3: I was right. shocked
1: when they went with Marist inside Vince and you were talking about this during our, our group chat. You're like, why is Maris, you know, who, who's not the most instinctive linebacker, playing inside in this game? It, it, it I, just, it, I, it made no sense.
2: That is, that is befuddling to me. Because in the pregame show, me, Sean, and Jesse, we were talking about, you know, Jesse had his whiteboard up. And he's talking about how to defend the option. And we're talking about the different, you know, the personnel groupings that we would want on the field. And I want, honestly, I wanted Maris on the bench. Because this is not a game for him. And we have seen time and time again where he is good when he is triggered, coming downhill with one thought on his mind: go get the football. That is that's why that's why we
1: said though he should have been on the edge though. You're either crashing the dive or crashing the quarterback. Right? Exactly. I agree with you. Exactly. I
2: I just I feel like there's there's other guys that can still do the job better than him. Now injuries affected that because you were down your best linebacker who plays in the middle. And so you had to make an adjustment there, right. and their adjustment was to put Maris on the inside. I don't think right. that's a great idea. It, see, but.
1: see, this is my thing, my 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 somewhat rebuttal to you, Vince, because I don't necessarily disagree with your frustration of how Maris played. My thing is he had he been put on the edge from jump, I don't think we'd be sitting here having the frustration about how poorly he played because he wasn't on the edge, he was inside. Sure. You know this playing the triple option. Playing on the edge is a lot easier than playing inside backer. Because you've got one job. You're either crashing the quarterback. Sometimes you crash sure. the, jo- the dive if you're backside. But you're either usually tra- crashing the quarterback or you're taking the pitch. I mean, that's what you're doing. Where inside backer, it's just a more comp- complex. And Jesse broke this down with you, Vince. He also did it with me Thursday night. He talked about, as a former inside backer who had to play the triple option in high school, the difficulty that it presents on your inside backers. And you put Marist, your least instinctive linebacker, and a true freshman who's been playing defensive end the last three weeks, in the starting lineup like why was Jack Ky- and look Jack Kaiser played great off the and end. I wanted
2: him on the field right but it, yeah. this
1: isn't saying Jack Kaiser should have been playing this Jack Kaiser should have been your inside guy especially once you thought that JD might not play and that's so I, I think if everybody's that was healthy for
2: me if everybody's healthy and I, I know Bo is out for the season but if everybody's healthy it's Bo on the inside JD on the inside Kaiser on the outside and Maris on the outside, I guess. I right. would, but I You could make a case for some other situations. I don't think I, I
1: wouldn't. Maris is starting for me on the outside. He's too rangy. Okay. He's too athletic. And, again, it's a simple – it's a much simp- a more simple. It is more simple responsibility for the edge guy. So I, I understand where you're coming from, Vince. I just think you're, how bad he was inside is tainting the role he can give you on the outside. But here's the thing. Bo's been out for a minute. Oh, for sure. The the fact that you took a true freshman, who I like, but who's been playing defensive end the last three weeks, and you stuck him in at Mike beside Marist against this. And again, we can hammer Marist all game long, right, guys? But you know my stance on this, always. I am not going to immediately jump on, that dude sucks, when my first reaction, my first response is, did you put him in position to be successful? And the fact of the matter is, is did Maris play well? He did not. Did Maris get put in position to be successful today? Heck, no, he did not. And that's my frustration, right? I mean, you're you're having him and Prince Colley doing an inside. What did we say, Vince? You do not blitz the option. You don't blitz the option. No, you have to the first sit, long run. The first long run. The first long run. What was it? It was a double inside blitz. Yeah. And right. then you know he gets the the guards were shooting up to the backers. And the Notre Dame defensive tackles, I don't know what they were doing. I mean, yeah. and I don't, I'm not saying they did something wrong. Clearly, they didn't think they were taking the fullback or something. I don't know what the heck was going on. And the fullback just goes right up the middle, both guys. And then because you blitz both your linebackers inside, he's out the gate. There's nobody to catch him for 50 yards. A, a bunch of fullbacks that averaged less than four yards a carry went over 100 in this game. Like we can hammer the players all day long. But the fact of the matter is, the players are not the one being paid over a million dollars to put a damn game plan together. Al Golden is, his staff is. And this was a terrible game plan and a poor usage of your personnel. So, yes, Maris played like, played awful. But again, it's like, how would you have, would you have been critical of if, if, you know, if Charlie Weiss would have put Jimmy Clausen in the triple option and Jimmy pitched the ball into the ground seven times? You said, man, Jimmy Clausen played like crap. And you say, what the heck are you doing? Put Jimmy in and run a triple option. You know what I mean? And that's my frustration with today is yeah, the players not play well. Cam Hart giving up a a big play late in the game. That's on Cam. Right. DJ Brown and his penalties, that's on DJ. Right. But with some of the guys, I really look at it, Vince, and I say, Maris, I can we can we can walk and chew gum at the same time, right? We can say Maris played like garbage. Absolutely. But we should also be able to say he was put in position to play like garbage, in my opinion. Like I said, I wouldn't have to do something. So yeah, right. Well, Okay, I understand. I know, we're going to disagree
2: about that. That's fine. You don't take yeah, a guy you,
1: that long and that athletic right. who's good when you – when you because you said it, when you trigger him, he's good. What do you do with your edge players against the option? You trigger them. It's exactly what you do. So, I mean, it just – that that's my – I mean, Al Gold needs to go to, like, if he's going to come back next year – I'm not saying he's not going to. I'm just making a point. He needs to go to – because you're starting the season off against Navy next year. Right. you better go to triple option school this summer because he had no clue and no answers i mean I know they did i know they did adjustments right but they didn't work and like when you adjusted to stop this you opened up something over here and it was uh frustrating because you didn't really see them doing anything different in the second half that really took that stuff away and you let a quarterback that came into this game with one completion on the season. Beat you multiple times, throwing the football down the field. It was, um, it was, yeah, yeah. It was, it was frustrating. Can I say this about the defense, though? It, we we learned today that it really doesn't matter what type of offense Benjamin Morrison plays against. He's really good. Yeah, he's still playing <laughs> darn good. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um,
2: At one point, I wanted I, to move him into linebacker. By the way, because he was actually <laughs> making tackles, but that was a different
1: conversation. Yeah. Can we also talk about how it looked to me like the defensive line did almost nothing this week to prepare for cut blocks? Like that was one of the least prepared defensive line units I've seen trying to play low blocks and cut blocks.
4: Well, we were told during the week that they prepared for that during the bye week.
1: Right. Well, apparently they they prepared for it wrong.
4: Yeah. Yeah. The number one rule to stop in the option, stop the dive.
1: Right. And
4: that's yeah,
3: just flying up there. Sean, like,
1: y'all said it on your show. Vince, y'all said it on your show. We said it on our show. And I've said it on every other show where I've ever talked about the option. I have two comments about the option. One, it sucks. And two, stop the dive. I mean, those it? are the two comments you'll consistently hear from me about the option. Yeah. Fullback had over 130 <laughs> yards.
2: Didn't stop the fullback. Wow.
1: I mean. Ridiculous. Did, didn't even come close, Vince. I mean. And again, I'm, I'm going to pull up the numbers here. Coming into this game, the one thing we talked about—the reason Navy's offense was so bad—Navy was averaging under 22 points a game, twenty 21.9 points a game—is because their fullbacks aren't any good this year. You know, Fafana, Fafano, who's has 502 yards, he's the kid that led him in rushing today. He came into this game, Vince, averaging 3.6 yards a rush. He had 8.9 against Notre Dame. He had 509 on yards on the season. He came in coming in today. He had 100, 133 against Notre Dame today. Mm. Like, I mean, you, you were unpre- – your, your football team was unprepared for what Navy was throwing at you today. Correct. And that's disappointing. It, 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 you know, because here's the thing. It would be one thing if, like, just Maris had a bad game. I could say, hey, you know what? Three games in a row he was pretty good. The option's just not his thing, Vince. It's all good. Move on. You're not facing the option anymore. Right. But it's frustrating when you watch a game, and this isn't a comment to you, it's frustrating when you watch a game and you're like, they weren't prepared for this. And that's what frustrates the heck out of me. It was very clear on defense. They were not – because we're going to talk about how bad the offense was in the second half, you know. Um, But the fact of the matter is the defense was bad from start to finish. I mean, really. They weren't good start to finish. And honestly, if Navy – Navy hurt themselves in the first half.
3: Oh, that definitely. reverse
1: that re- the, the onside kick and then the reverse pass. Yeah, I mean, you know, what were you thinking there? You know, and great play by Clarence Lewis, by the way, coming from, from backside
2: field. Yeah. Oh absolutely.
1: man, great play by him. They got bailed out some, by some really good individual performances today, but the tackling was poor. The angles were poor. They weren't. They just guys. It was just overall. Uh, from now, I'll say this from a unit that coming into this game. It's been pretty good this year, right? So we're venting about this game. They don't face this offense again. So, I mean, that's the saving grace, right? They don't have another Absolutely. option team they're going to face. This, this
2: This has the possibility of being a one-off as far as yes. defensive uh, defensive preparation and defensive execution and all of those things. This has the opportunity yeah. to be a one-off because this the defense hasn't yeah. played like this. All year, but they're not going to face an offense like this right. ever again, you know, until next year. Right. And so, right. but you're right about the fact that Navy is the first game of next year. We can cover that, you know, as we move forward, sure. they're going to need to bounce back against a pro style offense in BC yeah. and then a run and shoot, you know, run and gun offense against USC, which is a completely different scenario than playing the triple right. option. So I'm ho- I'll be, I'll be optimistic and I'll say that this could be a one-off and then they go back to playing a traditional yeah. Type of offense, and then that's when you can trigger Maris, and he can be the Maris that we know right. that he can be, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, or has been
1: in recent games. Right, correct. You got to hope so. The the danger, Sean, is that when you have a game like this, that you can you can have sort of a lack, a, a loss of confidence, and that to me is my concern. You know, is a lot of the momentum out you out. had. Go ahead, Sean.
4: No, I, I just want to get out healthy. Yeah, like I- after the first touchdown in the second half and the first series by Notre Dame, I tweeted out, man, just let's just let us get out of here healthy. Let's just move Unfortunately, on. Unfortunately they did. Because I, the yeah, I saw the direction. I saw the direction. It was very reminiscent of that Fiesta Bowl. Very yeah. reminiscent of the Fiesta Bowl. Like, Absolutely. From an emotional standpoint as
2: an analyst and a fan, 100 percent
4: Absolutely. And it's like, what's going on? It's like, man, let's, you know, I'm glad Navy took 10 minutes off the clock with that first drive. Thank God! Thank you, thank you, because there was no answer. You can talk about intensity all you want to. Let me tell you something: this is college football. Vincent, we were talking about this. I don't know how you could think about taking. This is Navy. If 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 there's any team that you just played the number four team last week and they quit,
1: right? They made them quit. You made them quit. They
4: quit. The academies don't quit. I don't care how many points they're down. They don't quit. It's a lifestyle for
1: them. Some of these kids are going to be fighting in a war at some point in their lives. You think they're worried about a
4: football game? Absolutely. So they're not going to – no. You have to play hard. And for your team not to come out and you talk about a loss of intensity? Yeah. How?
1: That's wow, on the that's coaching really staff, and that's on the team. leadership of this football team, Sean. Yes. That's what this is, yes. player and coach-wise. Because, right? look, we can put it on the coaches, and we will. We This is who we are. We are – put it on the coaches first. Then we'll talk about the players. But at the same time, you know, it, it's one of those things where – but where are you as a player, Sean? That's your point. Like, you know, th- you know this team's going to fight you. You know this team's not going to quit. Where are you, you know from that. a player standpoint? Why do you need a kick in the pants? You know what I mean? Like – when you
4: have those moments, this is why I said it's very reminiscent of the fiesta ball. In any football game, teams make runs or teams make plays. Like they're, they they have athletes too. They compete as well. You knew Navy wasn't going to lay down. You can't be undisciplined. DJ Brown, undisciplined on a big time. Fifth walkout. year senior. Undisciplined Twice. again. Twice. Twice. Twice in the end zone. That drive, that could have stymied everything. You shut them down on that first drive, you get the ball back, now you have momentum instead of your offense standing on the, on the sideline for 10 minutes trying to catch a rhythm in the second half, right? Then, no, you get two opportunities. When you get the ball, Drew Pine, you get a short field. You can't miss Michael Mayer on that play. You can't. You can't. Right. You have to make
1: that right. play. Game's over at that point in time, Sean. Game's over. Yeah.
4: They talked about it. They on not lost they He's coming another blitz. He's like Brady Lindsey's wide open.
1: Right. I mean, it, we, we can it. talk about Tommy Reese all we want, hammer Tommy Reese all we want, and I'm going to have some That's stuff to say about Tommy Reese, but there were plays called where dudes are open. It's like, what am I supposed to do? They're loading the box with nine guys. You guys oh, have been mate. telling me all year to throw against that. I'm calling pass plays where dudes are coming wide open. What, what, what am I supposed – I can't throw it for them the same time, I would say, yeah, but you got to coach them up to be able to play better, right? I mean, that's the other part of it. But yeah, I mean, at some point in time, like I can't blame Tommy Reese for Drew Pine missing Michael Mayer on that wheel route, that post wheel concept. I, I can't. Well, I mean, that's well, a great what call. What are you supposed to do? What are you? That's a great call. You got the best tight end in college football wide open for what would have been a, probably a touchdown. I mean,
2: yep. At the very you least, know. you're in the red zone
1: or deep in right. the red zone. So, I mean, and, and that's also true of Maris too, right, Sean? Or, right, Vince? Like, here's the thing I don't mind, I don't, I'm not bothered the fact that Marist had did a bad job reading the triple option. I'm bothered by it, but like, I'm not going to lose it over it because I, I just, this is in this game. But then you get that stupid penalty or the, the face mask penalty. Yeah, the face, face mask, mask penalty. It's, it's like, like dude, you're a, se- a you're a set. senior cause, you ripped the guy's helmet yeah. off. Like, w- right. you know, it was stuff like that. That wasn't Jalen Sneed making that mistake. That wasn't oh. Benjamin Morrison making that mistake. That wasn't Junior 2 Alamaka making that mistake. That was a senior making that mistake. J- DJ Brown's a fifth year senior, he's playing a ton of football. You know, like, the one pass interference on Houston Griffith, I-, I didn't think was pass interference. Vince and I debated the DJ Brown holding call. But my whole point is, he clearly tugged the guy's jersey. Now, you could argue that that should not have, that that didn't impede him, Vince, to your point. I think you could say yeah, that, the guy wasn't impeded more, by it, point. right?
2: Yeah, right. But my exactly.
1: whole thing is, but why are you tugging anyway?
2: Sure. Well, because and right, that's and my had, point.
1: Because yeah, they got turned bad around. eyes on the play. Yeah. Right,
2: right, right. Yeah, exactly. They were out, the DBs were consistently out of position on the play, yeah. play yeah. action passes that, that Navy mm-hmm. was running. And let, that was a catch you. up.
1: Let me correct you. The veteran DBs, not named Benjamin Morrison. (laughs) You know, I'm I'm being sarcastic because Jaden Mickey got beat on that too. And that was a bad leverage
2: play on his part, but that's a different conversation too. But it's just, it's
1: frustrating guys to see that kind of stuff. It it is because again, we're going to have a lot to say about, um, uh, a lot to say about that. But when you're, when you're fifth year seniors, when your seniors are committing bad penalties like that, I mean that's the stuff that'll get you cuz wasn't that about to put them in a third and long that that face mask was about to put them in a th- I think a second and long or a really third second and long. long second and long and
4: be like 16 or something yeah. like
1: that. And you're just like dude, you know, DJ's fourth and one they they put that they put that game away after that guys. That's what would yeah. I mean cuz that was the the first drive that took 10 minutes off the clock, right? I mean Navy yeah. Navy turns it over. They were in Notre Dame territory, I believe at the time. Notre Dame goes down, hopefully puts that thing away. And, and uh, you know, it just – it was frustrating. It was very frustrating to see that. And just to not – to see the defensive staff not have answers was um, – was uh, yeah, that was really frustrating. Yeah. Yep. So, look,
4: but like you said, Benjamin Morrison, I thought he played well. I thought Kaiser played well. I yeah. thought Prince Collie had some moments. Um, yeah. It was good to see 17 out
1: there. it, it seemed like at certain times hey, they played him at safety. Sean, I thought one time they had him at corner because they, it was the play where Navy called a timeout. They had a, I, I, I look back, it was a running back. They lined a running back outside, but I'm like, is yeah. Jalen Sneed playing cornerback right now? Because yeah. I'll say something. He didn't always know where he was going, but here's one thing I noticed in the game. Talk about some positive takeaways from the game. Yeah. That cat moves at a different speed than everybody else. Right? Like, that's what we're seeing from the freshman class at a lot of spots. Benjamin Morris just moves, he looks different, Sean. Like, yeah. you know, you and I have, you and I talk about this at times. Like you know, you 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 watch basketball in Chicago when you were younger, when it was even better than it is now. And you just like you're watching all these good athletes, but then you're like, Oh, that dude right there, that guy looks different. different. You know what I mean? Like yeah. And we there's a lot of guys on Notre Dame's fre- freshman class right now that are that. You know, there's a couple of veterans. But, like, when Jalen C. was out there today, even when he didn't know what he was doing, he was making mistakes real fast. Right. You know, like, real fast. And, and Benjamin ben Morris is that way. Tobias is that way. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think those on the fourth are
4: down, good. what, they converted the fourth down. That might have been on their first drive in the second half. They mm-hmm. called timeout because they were about to go – uh, hit double zero on the play clock. They call a timeout. They come back from the time and they run a traditional all tackle play, which probably called no mm-hmm. off guard. But Jalen Sneed, he'll learn. Yeah. He literally just ran into the offensive line. Right. He just ran into him and got in gold. He'll learn to leverage that play off of the guy and have an opportunity to make the tackle. But like you said, he went, man, he went. Like he didn't think about it. He ran into a mistake, but he played fast.
1: And On that and I can live I can live with that. Yeah, I can, live with that. I can I can live with I can live with Jaden Mickey making the mistake he made. Now I'm tired of seeing it as a freshman. Like it's like, guys, you know, at some point in time we need to think about like this keeps happening to him and maybe yeah. he's just not technically and fundamentally ready yet, right? He's gonna be fine, but you know, right now you gotta ask yourself, is is does he need to step back to watch? A little bit you know uh, uh you know before you because i mean i don't i guess i don't worry about Jaden losing confidence but even the most confident guy eventually is gonna you know you can't keep getting beat for touchdowns yeah but i'll say this like i can live with that though from Jaden, as long as he doesn't lose confidence he's still coachable i can live with that i can i can live with prince uh, Jalen steed making mistakes i can live with prince collie making mistakes because he's a second year kid who didn't face the triple option last year, except I think he got like a couple series late in the game. Or was that Georgia Tech he got in the game, Vince? I don't think – Prince didn't play against – did he play a little base Navy? Maybe. But, again, he, it was, you know, coming off the – you know, late in the game and a blowout, that kind of thing. But right. I can live with those things from those guys. What I'm tired of is when Cam Hart does that, when D.J. Brown does that, yeah. when Marist Leifold is making dumb penalties. You know, th- those are the things that frustrate me. Because you guys are supposed to know better. And that's been the case a lot this year, where it's not the freshmen that are getting you in trouble. Right. It's the veterans. It was the veterans that were jumping at false starting early in the year. Not Tobias Merriweather. Not the sophomore tackles. Not the sophomore running backs. It was the veterans. The only the one sophomore that I thought had a really rough day today, uh, Mitchell Evans had a rough day blocking today. And, and let's um, – you guys got anything else you want to say about the defense? I think we kind of – we kind of covered everything, right? There, like, there, there I'm was just ready one, to move on was, from the triple option.
2: There was one comment that was made about the the tape. Do you do you learn from it or do you burn it? I think I burn it. I defensively you burn it because, yeah. and, or you put it aside until the summer when you're working on it for the first game yeah. of next year, right? You don't need to come back to that this year because you're never going to see an offense like that. Offensively, yeah. which we're going to jump into now,
1: mm-hmm.
2: you use that. <laughs> It let could, let it, it me could. say
1: let me say one thing, Vince. Let me say one thing. Okay. Here's what I would though. That I, I the only film, like honestly, I'm not breaking this game down with my team. I'm not. I'm not breaking over missed assignments and all that because there's no point. Because what you break down film to correct things so you don't make them that mistake the next game. And to your point, Vince, they don't face this again. You're never gonna have these calls. Right. I will say this though effort plays, crap technique plays. I'm putting those on a highlight reel, and I'm just like, what is this? You know what I mean? Like I'm shaming them a little bit because some of the dudes on defense need to be a little bit ashamed of themselves by how they played today. We already addressed that the fact that the coaches did not do a good job of putting him in position, but I'm not, again, I'm not blaming the coaches for Cam Hart running into Prince Colley. I'm not, I'm not putting on the coaches for DJ Brown, making two poor technical mistakes where you're just not trusting your technique and trusting, you know, what's around you. I'm not, I'm not putting that on the coaches. I'm not putting it on the coaches to remare sleuth. not to rip a guy's helmet off. Right. Like we shouldn't have to practice. Don't rip his helmet off, you know, things in practice. Right. It wasn't
2: even part of the tackle. Like keep your hands to yourself. It's
1: just so unnecessary. You know, those, those are things where I'm like, these are just guys, this is the kind of stuff that can get us beat. And this isn't about the triple option. This isn't about this. This is about you not being disciplined and you not being locked in, for this football game, and, and I thought the offense came out locked in in a lot of places in the first half. The defense didn't really feel like that the entire game, and and I even thought early, like I thought Navy missed some opportunities early on some of the stops and their name did have, more mm-hmm. so than necessarily Notre Dame having some really good drives. So um, I was frustrated by that, frustrated. But it was good to see Jalen Snead out there because, man, that is a dude. I mean, athletically, that kid is twitchy. It was good to see. Let's let's so talk about the about, offense. Go ahead. Talk
4: about just to, to end it. The offense did what you want them to do. Get off to a fast start and put the defense in position to where Navy couldn't play the way they wanted to play. Right. Like coming out of halftime, they had that first drive. Like you said, if the leaders make the plays, Notre Dame gets the ball back. And we're back to the same thing we were doing in the first half, mm-hmm. probably on a short field because the place kicking and the punting for Navy is awful and has been awful all year. So you probably get a short field. Is look, you guys talk about the offense because I'm not going to be nice.
1: It's okay. <laughs> I, I, I will. I will just say this big picture, guys. That was the most bizarre. Um. I don't think I've ever seen a game that was that different in in energy, execution, um, focus. Like, Drew Pine in the first half. Because, like, what did we talk about this game? What was at stake here, fellas? This is an opportunity for you to turn the corner. What Notre Dame showed us today is that they're not the same team they were against Stanford and against Marshall. They're not because they lost those games. And I actually think in some ways they played worse today than they did against Marshall or Stanford in certain mm-hmm. ways. But you're seeing the talent start to take over more than it did against Stanford and Marshall, right, where, you know, they just couldn't cover Jaden Thomas. Deion Colsey's out there getting open on third. I mean, Notre Dame. how many third and longs did Notre Dame convert today? You know, you did see Drew step up and play really (laughs) well in the first half. You know, you did see guys step up, Benjamin Morris and another guy step up, Clarence Lewis stepping up and making a big play. Clarence Lewis or whoever's in that spot doesn't make that play against Stanford, doesn't make that play against Marshall. Agreed. Sean, you and I have been begging all year. Like, dude's got to step up and make some plays. And to certain degrees, we saw that at times today, which is the difference between losing a game and winning a game. That's a positive. But the – But the takeaway that's not positive coming out of this is this is still a team that has way too severe of emotional roller coasters from a focus and intensity standpoint. Not only from game to game, but from, as we learned today, flipping half to half, you know, and I think that's the frustrating thing to me is is this is a chance for you to turn the corners of program, and you didn't. You took a step back a little bit. Now again, you got the win. You're seven and three. You're going to stay in the top twenty-five. It's all good. You've got a chance to go beat a, a not very good Boston College team next week. You, th- like they're going to be okay if they can bounce back from it. But it just shows that this team has not quite arrived yet. I think that's was blatantly obvious today, right? Like that doesn't require me to sit here in this role and say, you know, I'm going to give you guys some astute analysis and deliver that. And it's like, well, everybody in the chat's like, well, gee, I didn't know that, right? It's obvious. Yeah. You know, but I, I will say that that they did win, and I don't want this to be a show that's only negative because we did see some really good stuff. What we have been saying all year, where's Jaden Thomas most effective? Over the middle. Over the middle. That's the thing. And it's like his mom was kind of coming at me on Twitter today, and I and I chatted with her a little bit privately. She's like, she has this impression that we think Jaden sucks. And it's like, no, we don't think Jaden sucks. Our beef has been Jaden's not being used correctly. Well, today we saw Jaden use correctly. Everything he caught today, fellas, was over the middle. Seams, over the middle. That's where he's good. 100%. That's where you use him. We saw Deion Colsey finally getting a chance to play. And finally, Braden Lindsay gets the football. Like, even on the touchdown pass, like yeah. he made that great catch. Did y'all see before the throw got made, he was initially like was, five yards past oh the cornerback? Gosh. And yes. I keep telling people that's been every game from Ohio Yesterday. State to now. That's been Brayden Lindsay every – freaking yeah. game Thank you. Thank you, know, you. you put a good quarterback on the yep. field at any time this Brady year he's creeping candidate. up on a thousand <laughs> <laughs> right he's creeping up on a thousand yards <laughs> fellas right. if they and had a quarterback that just could, i'm not joking i'm not yeah, being hyper, no. like vince is laughing and being hyperbolic and and right it's I'm funny silly, no no it's it's, but, it's funny right it's yeah. funny vince you're, i'm with right. you i'm being dead serious Vince, that was not a shot at you, buddy. I'm fired up right now. Like, I'm totally cool with what you said. I know you're joking. We're good, man. My thing is, however, I'm being dead serious. He'd be creeping up on 1,000 yards right now, if not past it, if they just had competent quarterback play at times or competent play calling and coaching at times, where it's like, like on that play, why is Notre Dame so unwilling to say, hit your third step and throw the effing ball? When there's a middle safety and there's a corner on Braden, I don't care if that corner is nine yards off the ball in this game, he's still gonna get run by by Braden. Right. Hit your third step and throw the dang ball as far as you can and let Braden go score a touchdown.
2: Like and it was th- rare that he wasn't able to get to his back to his last step. He had he when he actually near,
1: okay, yeah. So here's a positive that came out of today's game. Remember during the week, and we've said this, I've said this before, Vince, you've agreed with me, there are. There are too many times where Drew Pine catches the ball, takes a drop and a half, and then then gathers back up, and when he's ready to throw, he's back to where he caught the snap. And that's why the pressure is getting into him, and that's why his height is affecting him. If you notice in the first half, there was a lot of snaps where he was getting deep drops, and he was staying back, and he was throwing the ball where? Over the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. He could clearly see the field throwing those deep end cuts to Deion Colsey. He could clearly see the field throwing those those uh, those seam routes to Jaden Thomas, right? Because you're getting the proper depth. And then the second half, he went back to kind of early on doing the same crap where he's trying to throw the ball from where he caught the ball. So that was a good thing to see, guys, that Tommy Reese recognized that and at least in the first half implemented some things where Drew could get more depth, which then allowed him to be more effective throwing the ball down the field. Because, again, if we can get the first half of Drew Pine even close to the play these next two weeks, Notre Dame kills the next two teams that they play including USC, right? I mean, the first half was like, y'all, if we can build on this, Deion's ball in, Jaden's ball in. We don't even see much of Michael Mayer in this game. Brayden Lindsey's going off. Like this, the backs didn't do anything. Michael Mayer didn't do anything first half because Navy was not going to let him do anything, right? I mean, that's that's yeah. not the Michael Mayer didn't play well. And didn't matter because Jaden went off, Brayden went off, Deion did his thing, and we didn't, Tobias didn't even play today. So that was a positive, right? And, and something that we can't dismiss. I know we're frustrated, we can't dismiss that. They don't win this game if the receivers don't step up and have big first halves and if Drew Pine doesn't have a really big first half. Yeah. And that's the kind of frustrating thing is because all the momentum you got with him in the first half, you completely lost in the second half. And it was part coaching, it was part Drew. I mean, again, Absolutely. get rid of the ball, dude. You, you know the protection. You know they're bringing nine or eight, depending on how many you have out. You know they're bringing more than you can block. You know this. I know that Tommy Reese teaches that. You can't take a sack there. You know you can't block that dude and that dude. Throw off of it. Because, like, Orlovsky was talking about how, well, you know, they're calling these deep shots. I'm like, no, every single time you see a crossing route, you see a check down. I mean, you see something there. You see a hitch route. Like, Vince asked me what Tommy was saying to Drew after that first series. The first snap of the game, he had two guys open. He had a crosser and a hitch, both open. And and I don't know what he was looking at. Cause I didn't see the the behind view, and he takes a sack. He had Mayer and I can't remember who's running the cross route. Both open, you know. It's like the pass he misses on the deep end cut in the first half to Jaden Thomas into the end zone. Audric Estime standing out in the flats with no that, one 50 wow. yards of him. Wow. <laughs> it's like, bro, take that, take that. And I don't know what it is about him that's that's um, you know not quite clicking, but he just gets into these rhythms where it's like he'll just lock in. And there's just open God. Because, again, I can be critical of Tommy Reese. And here's my criticism of Tommy Reese. For the love of all things holy, when you know they're bringing nine, can I get a screen pass? Can I get an empty release concept, something quick? You know, like I know that he had hot routes built into the deep stuff, but when you know there's nine coming, don't give me anything deep. Give me short stuff. Let me catch Braden Lindsay on a slide route. Go put Braden in motion and have him just run a quick speed slide where yeah. it's zero coverage and he catches mm-hmm. it and he's up the sideline. Give me yeah. a tunnel. Give me a screen to someone other than Michael Mayer, Jaden Thomas. Give me a you know. Give me a swing route to Chris Tyree. Remember the play call that Chip Long called against USC in the second half of 2018, where you knew Navy or USC was bringing everybody. And so he said, "Fine, you're bringing a bunch of dudes. I'm going to slip Tony Jones out because you're not going to cover him because you're blitzing everybody and their mother. I'm just going to throw a little three yard pass over the top. He's going to catch it and go for a score. I'd love to see that from 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 uh, Ty- Chris Tyree in the second half, or even Audric Estime. I mean, so that that was frustrating. But at the same time, like I was frustrated by Tommy Reese with some of that. But at the same time, guys, there was stuff open the entire second half. Yeah, I mean, you know." So, Tom Reese, the OC, I don't have as many problems with today. Yeah. I have some, because I, and we'll get to some of it, but my issue today was more Tom Reese, the quarterback's coach, because his quarterback didn't just completely folded in the second half of the game.
4: Yeah. After See, being we brilliant
1: are, in the first half.
4: But we've seen this, right? And it is what it is at this point. And I'm talking about this young man emotionally. I'm not going to get into the X's and O's of what Tommy's asking him to do. When it's good, it's good. And when it's bad, it's really bad. We saw it in the spring game. We've seen it in practices, in spring and fall camp. We've seen it in games. We saw it his first start against Cal, really bad. Running game starts going, he turns it around. Like, we've seen it. We saw it against BYU a little bit. Plays really good, then goes into the tank a little bit. It's like, that's who he is he's incapable to kind of like rein in himself when things are going bad and i don't know if the approach from the coaching staff because it seems like in the second half tommy was really upset in the booth and i'm sure he pretty conveyed that over the phone when he was talking to him maybe there's another approach that needs to take place because Screaming at him when it's starting to go bad is obviously not helping. It doesn't help the case. Maybe there needs to be another
1: approach. Real quick, though, Sean, when he was when he was pissed about the throw early in the second half, he wasn't talking to Drew. He was talking to the coach next to him. He, he wasn't, yeah,
2: he wasn't on the phone. Yeah,
1: he wasn't on the phone. Oh, I'm just saying, yeah, if right. he did talk to yeah. him in the second half, not right. that specifically, I'm right. sure he can convey
4: his anger because we've seen him do it. In other games, I'm thankful that they didn't show a side-by-side of him on the phone with Drew this week, you know, because we got tired of seeing that in other games. But for me, I've just seen, you know, we go from him doing a McGregor to him just looking like he lost his puppy on the sideline. He was shell-shocked in the second he half, was, Sean, he, he was shell-shocked. Was shell-shocked. I'm like, you're shell-shocked against Navy? Right. Hmm. Like, they're, they're yeah, basically – And for me, it's as simple as this: You asked. In my opinion, he's very similar to a former Notre Dame quarterback. They have the same issue. The only Mm -hmm. difference is that quarterback was a much better playmaker.
1: Okay, I think I know who you're talking
4: about. Oh, he's just like Ian Book. He's just they have they have some of the same issues, right? So Mm -hmm. you're asking why he doesn't hit Lorenzo coming across. When that blitz is coming. If everything had, when everything is perfect, he's a really good quarterback. When everything goes according to plan, this is the look. That's why the hit to Aldrich went, because he knew we're calling this play to slip Aldrick out. We know the blitz is coming. I'm looking for him, and I'm going to get it to him. If Aldrick was like a third or fourth option on that play, where he had to see something pre snap and then determine that Audra will be open, there's no way he pulls the trigger on that. So mm-hmm. that's just showing you where he's at. Is it just a stage that he has to go through? Right. Starting in his first year? Possibly. Can he improve on that? Absolutely. If he puts in the work, yeah. it's not up to us. It's up to him. To right. Put in the work to get better. And I'm sure right. he can if he does it. But as for today, that's who he is, right? things have to be comfortable for him to succeed. Yes. Well, to your point that, that yes. falls
1: on make him correct as the as the, the offense, as the quarterback's coach. Yeah, Sean, you there's a thing is, is Drew when Drew's going well, Drew's very confident. The, the problem is, is you have to, as a quarterback, you have to be confident when things aren't going well, right? And that's what you're saying, Sean. I mean, that's exactly like. Because that's how you get out him. of a funk.
4: Yeah, I need him to right. be. I need him in that situation to be the one creating the urgency. I need him coming right. off the field instead of getting in the down and down in the doldrums about his play, walking up to the offense, clapping his hand, like, look, let's go. Yeah. We go back out here next time. Let's go get seven.
1: Right.
4: Leadership was supposed to be one but of the things. But it didn't
1: look like he saw it. That's the thing, Sean. Like, he, yeah. I don't think you can be that way when you're not sure what's happening. And that's the concern that I have about – No, that's
4: a whole that's, – that's an entirely different point. That right there is an entirely different point. And, right. you know, I feel bad for the kid because you sit up here and you watch what he was able to do in the first half. Yeah. And you say to yourself,
1: I mean, Sean, okay. he's, hitting, he's hitting seams over the top. He's hitting yeah. posts. He's hitting yeah. – you know, he's throwing like he's throwing over 40 yards in the air on a sprint out. You know, he's scrambling and picking up yards. He's avoiding yeah. sacks. He's, you know, he looked, he's hitting deep in cuts for big plays on third and long. He it's like, yo. And I, again, Navy's pass defense stinks, but he was on pace for almost 500 yards. Yeah. Right. And you're just like, and then you go to the second half and he, he gets like, he has like 30, and not because they didn't try to do it. So it, it, it's, it's, it, it is frustrating and again of course you know at, at the end of the day, you're the coach that that's on you. that's how every coach should feel that way. If Tommy Reese heard me say that I, I would want him to be like yeah, you're right. that's on me. I'm the quarterbacks coach. Every coach should always feel that way. If your kids don't play well at, at the end of the day that's on you whether they made the mistakes or not. but at the end of the day too Sean is like Drew's a junior and and, and I love the kid. I do. I love Drew. He's a great kid. He's a great family. At the end of the day, you can only say so much about, well, gee, the coach has got to do this, and the coach has got to do that, and the coach has got to make this play call, and the coach has got to make that play call. As we said, there was a lot of stuff in the second half that was there, that Tommy called that was there, and Drew's just got to get rid of the ball. And um, Because sometimes, Sean, you know this too, you can't coach every kid to be clutch. Some kids just have it or they don't. Some You can't coach every kid to handle adversity or not. Some kids just do and yeah. some kids just don't. Yeah. And that's where I'm I'm a little less apt to put this, put the quarterback stuff on Tommy today. Because it is his backup quarterback yeah. and there are not a lot of other options. Now, again, that's kind of partly your fault because you're, you're a recruiting situation, right? Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's like, dude, you're a junior. You've been in the system s- three years. You've got to know... On this play, you can't. We can't block that dude, yeah. and you can't get sacked by that dude when there's people open. Yeah. Now, here's where I was frustrated with Coach Reese's play call today. I thought that the game plan from um, from a pass game standpoint today was very good. I thought the run game plan bothered me, Sean, because what we saw today is that if a team can take the duo away, they've got nothing nothing as far as we talked about there's nothing they can turn to there's nothing they can turn to that's not okay when a Mm. team can take one running play away and you can do nothing about it that's a problem and this is what we've been talking about this is what we kept saying like you can't just keep regurgitating the same thing over and over again because eventually someone's going to figure out how to stop it Eventually, your offensive line is going to have a bad day. There's not an yeah. offensive line in the country that includes the 2017 unit. It includes Michigan's unit last year. It includes Bama's unit two years ago that won the Joe Moore Award. It includes the, the vintage Iowa offensive lines under Kirk Ferentz. It includes the Alex Gibbs offensive lines with the Denver Broncos. It includes yeah. every single offensive line. Every single offensive line in America is going to have, at every level, is going to have a bad game. The offensive line for Notre Dame today did not play well. I'm not going to talk too much about it tonight. This will be something Vince and I will talk more about tomorrow when we break down the film. Mm -hmm. Having said that, when the offensive line wasn't playing great combined with the fact that you have a defense that's geared towards stopping that one play and your answer is to just keep running it or throw, that's a problem. And this is what we've been warning about for weeks. And everybody's like, oh, you know – if you can do it on clumps, you can do it on not, That's not necessarily how it works, guys. And and today we saw that. Navy was able to take duo away. The line didn't play well, and they had nothing to go to. Nothing to go to. And I mean, that's my issue. It was a watered down version of last week's game plan. And Navy was prepared for it. Vince, you've talked about this. You y'all, I want to be like, y'all know that they watched your film the last two <laughs> weeks, right? You guys are aware that you sent them film of your game, correct? <laughs> I just want to be sure that you knew they were going to be prepared. A team that was mm-hmm. giving up 87 yards a game rushing was going to be prepared and going to try to do their best to take that play away. You had to have something other than just throw the ball to beat that. That's my problem. I'm going to stick up for Coach Reese in one area, guys, because I was told – at halftime, the NCAA called Notre Dame and told them that they have outlawed screen passes uh, in college football. Now, uh, so apparently, that's the reason why they didn't run a screen against nine-man pressures in the second half. I'm being sarcastic. First, those who might believe that that actually happened, um, I would hope not. But here's the deal: that's where those are my two issues with Tommy Reese. You kept trying to call these guys. You didn't have to outthink them with scheme in the second half. Give me three or four screens gave me two or three wheel routes with a running back out of the backfield, and that game's 50-something to 24. Yeah, all you need a, is a swing over. pass.
2: It doesn't even need to be a screen. Yeah. Just, that's what just I'm saying.
1: Almost, like That's what I'm saying, dunk. like the the running back wheel routes right behind the pressure. Because the reason I wouldn't I mean, say swing, Vince, is because the edge pressures can, can, just from a quarterback standpoint, the edge pressures can kind of get in the way of a swing. The reason I would say just like a little quick wheel is because I can actually throw behind the edge pressure. That's, gotcha. but you and I are thinking the same yeah. thing. It's just, just I'm just it thinking off. from an, from an angle. Right. And that's why I brought up the play against yeah. USC. How far did Todd, did Ian book throw that ball down the field? Like didn't Tony Jones catch it like three yards down the field, five yards down the field. And it's a big touchdown, puts him in the playoff. Like it's not rocket science, you know, like give me a buck sweep against a team that is crowded inside. There's nothing you can do to get the ball outside. Nothing. Really? Like somebody was like over under on Jet sweeps. Braden Lindsay at five and a half. We took the under, but I didn't think it was going to be zero. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I just keep. I know there's back so much head. more that Sean wants to say. Go ahead, Vince.
2: I I, I just keep coming back over and over in, in my head and thinking to myself, they don't win this game if Brayden Lindsay doesn't have the catch of a lifetime.
1: Mm. They don't win the game.
2: They don't win the game.
1: That was so I mean, sick, by the way.
2: It was that an was unbelievable.
1: So it's the most. It's the most unbelievable catch I've ever seen. He they don't win the, game, the game, game if he doesn't do that. He made two great catches. The RPO hitch he caught her in the game. That ball was hot and high. Yeah, and he went up and yes. got it. Yeah,
2: yes. Just yeah. mind blowing. My absolutely. I was. Mind I blowing. was.
1: Can I? Can I change the subject just for a second on this? I was so happy for Braden. In that first half, because that kid oh, gets yeah. so much un- unjustified crap from Notre Dame fans. Yes. yes. And it's like if y'all were at games and saw how often how often he was open yeah. by just as much as he was open against Navy on before the ball was thrown, you'd be like, Good lord, this kid should have a thousand yards this year. And it's frustrating because people are like, oh he stinks. You know, it's like, oh, well, he can't throw it to himself. But uh yeah, I was happy for Braden Lindsay. I really was. And Jaden Thomas, too, you know, because we've been hard on him. We have been hard on him. I mean, again, I, I didn't say the things that I that I think how it's been perceived by by some, but, you know, he had a terrible game against Marshall, and he's bounced back, and he's played good football. He's been their best receiver from a volume-plus production standpoint the last few weeks. Well, and Deion also you know, converted him all those third downs. I mean, yeah. Imagine that Why he didn't just learn not how to problem, guys. Deion Cole right. didn't just learn how to play the last three weeks. Right. This is my frustration. Just like Tobias Merriweather didn't just learn how to run a post route the week of the Stanford game. That's a a different conversation for a different day. But we saw today that when the receivers actually get the ball, they're good. And Lorenzo Styles did nothing but catch now screens. But that's not, even, that's not a, that was, that came across as an insult. That's not what I meant it by. What I meant is. The guy that was perceived to be your best receiver didn't even catch any balls beyond the line of scrimmage. Right. It was the he other guys. The he did catch the ball. The ball. I just. I didn't want play. it to come across as like That's I was insulting like, yeah, Braden in that instance. That's not what I meant. It's, I just meant the guy that was perceived as your best player, that uh, receiver coming in the year, didn't catch any balls past the line of scrimmage, and your receivers ripped Navy up. Now, again, Navy's secondary is not that good, but they look like what a really good receiving core is supposed to look like against a bad group of secondary players. They were smoking them yeah and um and that's the frustrating stuff so just the lack of creativity in the run game the lack of diversity in the run game we've been calling for and everybody kind of pushed back on it when they had the success they had but uh, guys you knew this was going to come at some point in time. i'm just glad it happened against navy and not usc in two weeks where somebody's yeah. just gonna say look dude we're just not gonna let you run that play and when you got nothing to go to oh my gosh Old Miss good. is about to run Alabama out of the off the field right now. You yeah, guys I'm watching this? Mm-hmm. I wish so. I anyway, never mind. Um, I'm say what I wish. I, I got it. But so so that's the frustrating stuff. Is like I'm telling you right now, Chris Tyree could have had a long touchdown in this game if they just would have gave him one quick mini wheel route. I'm 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 just
2: yes, agreed. And maybe Notre Dame covers, and I'm not so depressed right now.
1: That's right. Vince is out some money. That's why Vince is really salty today. Freaking Maris cost me cost me 50 bucks. Um uh, pff, five. Yeah. Let's not get let's not get crazy. Yeah. I thought you'd have 150. Well, bet five, but I thought you'd have 150.
2: 50. It, yeah, it was I would have won more. Hey obviously. Vince, wow. if,
4: if if you were to place a bet, Vince, mm-hmm. and you won ten dollars, and you placed another bet. And you won a hundred dollars. Which win was better? Ooh, well, the one where you win more money. Oh, so a win is not a win. That's all I'm trying to say. Oh, somebody was a win is a win. That's all I'm saying. That's yeah, what I'm a win saying? is
2: not just a win. That that no. I was, I was in no. the worst mood possible the entire second half, and I, I never thought Notre Dame was going to lose. I, I'm. No. I mean. Yeah, it got no. dicey at the end. Okay, but you I know why? You know why I didn't? You know
1: books. why I didn't think they were going to lose, Vince? You know why I knew they were not going to lose? Because when they scored that last one, they would have needed to do something against the special teams to to, w- to get the ball back and win. And I said, "There's oh, no yeah. way. There's right. no way." Right? Because right. I have faith in Brian Mason to say those kids are going to be ready. And exactly. Matt, what did Matt Salerno do? As soon as the ball came, he went right at it. Absolutely. He was coached to do that. He was coached yeah, yes. to do that. Correct. And you know, th- that's the thing is like. With he is, they are great at everything he can control. I can't control the kicker. By the way, that was the one thing I didn't. I really got frustrated by in the first half from Coach Freeman when they they ran a now screen on on third and long, and I'm like, that's a great third down call if you're in two down territory. down territory. Right. Like to Vince, to your point, like a 45 yard field goal. That's not outside Blake Groupie's. You made this point in the chat. That's not outside Blake Groupie's range from a. He can kick it far enough, but he clearly has shown he can't make that kick. It's yeah, not about yeah, distance; he's, distance he's, doesn't he's, matter he's, if you can't kick it within the freaking thing. Like, I'm sorry, why are you putting that on? Bla- That's not even on Blake Group again. You knew he was going to miss it. I knew as soon as he went out there, he was going to miss it. You know, so it's like, I, I yeah, there's some there's some frustrating things in the game. Like, and again, I I think Coach Freeman's done a very good job getting this team turned around. Today was a little bit of a step back, and you know they're going to have to figure some things out. I just all I'm gonna say Sean to your point earlier about taking him at his word is we have seen him say things publicly and then the next week things change because what he says publicly and privately is different. But I completely understand where you're coming from and I get the point you're trying to make. It's just I hope we see that because the one concern I have about coach Freeman and maybe it's a lack of faith in the personnel or the or or coaching wise or player wise or quarterback maybe even yeah. But he's going to have to understand that you, you know I don't care how good your defense and special teams are to win a championship college football you got to be willing to score, right? And and this team had a chance to really kind of come out with that hungry, you know, because the first half, half I'm thinking, hey, this team's turned the corner, fellas. This team has turned yeah. the corner. Yeah, you know, they played with. I mean, there were some mistakes in the first half, but they played hard. They played with fire. They were they they were ready for Navy. And then, bam, thirty-five to thirteen. The offense is rolling. And here's what I'll say: a win is a win, in a, from the stat sheet. They're seven and three, and, it, and they're not seven and a half and three if they would have won by forty, right? They're seven and three. But I also believe, and Sean, this is I think where you're coming from is we're not just talking about the stat sheet. We're talking about building your football team. And you missed an opportunity to get some much mo- much needed momentum and confidence and playing time for some of your younger players in maybe lower stress situations that you missed out on again, because of your inability to put a team away the way you're supposed to. This Notre Dame team should be eight and one, nine and one right now with about five blowout victories or six blowout victories at the very least. Right. And the fact that this team, they haven't been able to push the right buttons to get this team to really bury people late is why we're, where we are, where they're seven and three, but you don't feel great about it. You know, um, I feel better about it because they they uh they won, right? And well for sure it wasn't Stanford, yeah. it wasn't Marshall, right? But it was they a missed won. opportunity. It was a missed yeah. opportunity. But again, I'm gonna say this guys, it was it was it was the option, it was all this crazy stuff. Sorry, Vince. Uh and they got the W and now it's about okay, now you get it. Here's the thing. Here's the great thing about it. I love about football regular season. You get another shot next week to do this now. Against BC, you get another shot next week to go out against a team that's struggling, against a team that you should dominate, and and to get the momentum that you failed to seize this week. Because there is some stuff to take out of this game. You can sit down with Drew Pine and say, "Bro, when you do this, pretty good football player, man. You know, we need you to do that all the time, and and hopefully it eventually sinks in. If not, then we're going to just keep seeing more of this. But hopefully it eventually sinks in. You know, so."
2: Yes, sir. Yeah. Absolutely. Because there was a lot of good in the first half. There was a lot of good yeah. in the first half, especially on offense. Yeah. I was, It was Drew Pine's best game that he has played all season at that point. And I was telling anybody that would listen that that was the case. He was going through his reads. His passes were accurate. He was executing. He was being smart when he would tuck the ball and run. I mean, he didn't really have any mistakes in the first half, like at all. And then the first thing they do when they come out in the second half, it felt like,
3: no Knissons big mistakes. Michael, Michael Mayer
2: yeah. long, and it was all downhill from there. Like that, yeah. It felt like that was the beginning of the end for the good play of, of Drew Pine. And that was disappointing because I felt like he had a very, very good Drew Pine first half, right? That's the best mm-hmm. Drew Pine's going to play. And Perfect. that's okay because you are up 35-14. to 14 And against a lot of defenses, especially the ones Notre Dame's going to face the rest of this year, that's good enough quarterback play to be up 35 to 14 right he just needs to put a full game together and did he get a lot of help from his offensive coordinator at times no absolutely but there were things that he missed too so yeah I'm not I'm not putting this game
1: as much yeah I'm not putting this game as much on Tommy Reese as I have in the past look there's stuff I didn't like from this game from Tommy Reese I talked about it you can't be so duo reliant that if a team can stop it you got nothing you got nothing but dropping back and throwing Drew Pine a million right. times. I mean, that that can't – that that's on you. That's right. on you. But, Sean, to your right. point, there was stuff that's simple, simple basic stuff that you got to be like, come on, man. Like, you got to be able to hit that. But just understanding,
4: we talked about it. I'm sure you guys talked about it. I'm sure Vince pointed it out today. Maybe gave up less than 100 yards on the ground defensively. Yeah. I don't care whether it's schematically – or athletes, they yeah. do a grip job against the run, and if right. you thought you were going to come in with a vanilla run plan
1: against a team that's good against the run, right, then that falls yeah. on you, right. And and vanilla is like you could say, well, they ran the same plays they ran last week. No, actually, they didn't. No, they didn't. They were far more duo related, you know, oriented than they were last week. But the the vanilla isn't just about the play calls. The vanilla is also about how you get to those play calls. And here's the thing: is okay, Navy wants to 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 load everybody up, then spread the field and try to run inside zone, you know, and and run RPOs off of it if they want to load up and just do something, do something to say, hey, look, uh, this is what that team does. For those asking where Ryan is, Ryan is driving home. Ryan covered the game today, so he's on. He was in Baltimore. He was in Baltimore at the game today, so he is driving home now. So, um. You know, those are the things that's like, so yeah, there's definitely some things that I look at with coach Reese and say, man, you need to do a better job here. And I hope guys, my hope is that this game is the thing that, that drops you, that, that kind of says, Hey guys, look, we've got to, we've got to get this thing figured out, right? We've got to get this thing figured out and we've got to, we've got to make sure that if we get into a game where a team we play can take duo away, we've got answers. And, uh, hopefully it's the wake up call in that regard, but, uh, you know, uh, I mean, see, see, mm. the best coaches to me, the best coaches don't need to struggle to know that something's got, you got to have something in your back pocket. Absolutely. But if it's the thing that wakes you up, then it's the thing that wakes you up. So yeah, Alabama, old Miss being old Miss, they, they fumbled the ball, let Alabama get it. and Alabama just scored Brad, to make fumbled. it 17-4. They fumbled in like let-
2: a 25-yard line. Like, come
4: on. Do
1: you guys so-
4: think. I don't want to say it like that. As far as Tommy, and Vince, you pointed out, you can see in the first series, you know, something that changed from the first half. Is the quarterback position, does he view that position as limiting, limiting, limited, or does it limit him? Do you think he feels that limits him in what he wants to do or what he wants to call? Because I just, I just don't understand. See, he gives him opportunities. He had opportunities to make plays. There were plays there in the second half. But is the concept of we just okay? Let's not just make the mistake. Is that because of if if he had Bryce Young, would he be taking his foot off the gas in that situation? No, you I don't
1: know. think Tommy would. I think the head coach would okay, it, you know would be the one to step in yes because okay. i don't think it's my thing i don't think tommy took his foot off the gas in the second half i you I know think i tommy mean, was
2: trying to go for deep shots but they weren't
1: right weren't being they weren't being executed and, executed and right you know, and I, some of them weren't good I calls wished, like give me a I, go ahead vince sorry man
2: i was just gonna say i wish i could have seen the, the the a lot of the camera angles that we saw number one they were late getting back a couple of times didn't even see some of the like we, we didn't even see the qb sneak that they had. Right. I have no idea if it was Mitchell actually a quarterback or whether it was Mitchell Evans. Mitchell, Evans. Like, Mitchell like Evans. We didn't even see it. So, like, there were a lot of things that led to me not wondering what it looked like downfield when Drew took a couple of those sacks in the second half. It felt like they were going for the home run. I have a feeling guys were open. I don't know that for sure without seeing the all twenty-two. So I'm going to count on Brian for that one. But it felt like Tom was going for the jugular on numerous occasions. But they you just know. didn't execute it, and anymore. But at some point, you've got to be like, okay, that's not working. There's right. some other things that we need. Give
1: me a screen. Give me right. Yes. That that, that exactly. that's my frustration. Right, exactly. And I, I don't get it. feel As an offensive like offensive coordinator
2: when when you see your guys consistently beating their guys, you're like, we just got to keep right. going back to it. We got to get just just throw it. Just. But at some, you got to be like, look, we're not executing it, and that's tough. You got to say he's Stop not throwing, throwing it. He's right. not going to throw
1: it, and so else. I've got to exactly. do this right. Yes. That was and kind of my frustration. Right. Yeah. That was more my frustration with the the second half game plan. I don't, I don't think that it was so much that coach Reese um, was lost the killer instinct as much as you've got to be able to adjust quicker to what your kid's not doing. And you've, and you can't keep calling stuff. Like I, you know, I've, I've talked to coaches before after games and they'll be like, man, we just, you know, this play kept being open. And then after a while, it's like, bro, you keep, telling me that you keep calling this play and they're not executing <laughs> right. it. And after a while, you're like, brother, it's not going to execute that play. Stop calling it. Mm-hmm. You know, I know it's frustrating mm-hmm. as a coach because schematically it's Absolutely. there. Yes. But, it, you, but the other thing too is you you needed to counter what Navy was doing differently to your point, yeah. you know, where right. Drew doesn't have a decision to make. Mm. Dude, we're, run, we're running this play right here. This is what we're calling. You know, we're, we're calling this particular play. We're going to run this cross. You're going to hit the cross or, hey, here's a thought. If they're bringing nine in the box, you know what they can't do? Cover deep. Right. Hit your third step and just let it go to Brayden or let it go to Jaden or let it go to Dion, or let it go to whoever you have. Because here's the reality. Every single dude you have on scholarship at wide receiver, including Matt Salerno, is better than the Navy dude that's lined up across from him. Absolutely. So don't call concepts. It's okay to just say, dude, we're just going to run a freaking screen here. I'm just running cool. a wheel route to Chris Tyree right now, or even Audrick estimate, because they may be less apt to see it to Audrick or Logan than Chris. Tyree. They may be like thinking if Tyree's in there, like, Hey, it's 25s in there. Let's be on the lookout for this. They're yeah. not if Logan Diggs is in the game or if Audrick's in the game, right, especially Logan, because we saw early in the game they beat a blitz with a little angle route to Audrick, and he takes it, and he owes 30 yards for a touchdown. And this is my. Yeah. This is a frustrating with Coach Reese, who, again, I think it's a very smart X's and O's guy, but part of being a good play caller is being willing to say, let's go back to that. It's okay to go back to that. He yeah. did it on the third down stuff. He went back to that same concept to get Dion open, but there's this other stuff you're like, dude, they haven't taken that away yet. All right, so there's no reason for you to take it away because they yeah. haven't taken it away. the The second half, when you've got teams loading the box, you know what is great for you is to have running backs that can make plays with the ball in space, and you've got a bunch of them. And Not that's that's my frustration. So yes, one there of was stuff there, way, Right there, there was stuff there that Drew needs to hit early, but there was also some stuff that Coach Reese needed to get to where Drew didn't have to think. It's just hit your third step and throw it to Braden. What play are we run, a coach? We're hit, We're hit. We're running. You know something, something, something. Throw it to Braden. That's what we're running. You know what I mean? Because you got to give right. some kind of call to set the protection and the alignment, and then throw it to Braden. What 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 calls? Sometimes that? it's that. The easy. play calls. Throw it to Braden. That's what the play call is, right? Some, sometimes and, and, it's and, that. Or easy. we're we're running a screen. We're running a tunnel. Braden's been great. Let's let them come up field because Navy was coming hard. You know, drop yes. back, drop back, drop back, and then dump a little tunnel screen, middle screen right out, right behind him to yes. Audrick. And go.
4: So, basically, listening to you guys, of course I have to look at this from a basketball standpoint. <laughs> so, Navy basically came into the game with a game plan because they knew this is the best way to go against them. Say I'm not a good outside shooting team, and you go zone. But for some reason on this day in the first half, I'm hot. Mm-hmm. Right? And Navy basically said, okay, they're hot, but we're not going away from game plan. We're going to keep bringing pressure. Sean, they actually
1: doubled Eventually, down. They got more aggressive. Come back. Say it again? They, I said they actually doubled down. They got more aggressive yeah, in the second more game. aggressive. Right. They got more aggressive
4: because they figured, you know what, they're not going to hit all of these that they're hitting. Eventually, we're going to get to him and make some plays. And that's pretty much what happened. And it goes back to what you guys have been saying. There was nothing in the game plan to counter them slanting and overload blitzing. There were no running back screens. There were no quick running backs out to the flat throws.
1: There was, there was just the catch game. it, drop, and throw it deep. Right. You know, it was just simple.
4: We're going to go deep and then bring somebody coming across. They never did anything to force them to change their game plan. Nope. They just depended on making the plays that they made in the first half in the second half. And when they didn't make those plays, they didn't have anything else to go to. So, um, you know, you can actually go inside against a zone. You don't have to just shoot threes. There are pockets inside to get points. And I think offensively, you didn't have to keep doing the same thing you did in the first half. There were other pockets and other things you could go right. to via the run of pass against right. what they were doing to be successful. And I think that's that's really what you guys are questioning about yep. what they didn't do in the second half
1: offense. Right. Right. It's just it's just that thing where it's about making adjustments. Like what we have seen is when this offense can kind of come out and establish and, and, and you know exert its will on its opponent, it can't be stopped yeah right uh running the football but but what we saw in this game guys is that they were able to in my opinion kind of come out in the and 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 say we're gonna we're gonna stop you from doing what you do best yeah and eventually you're not gonna you're just not gonna keep beating us throwing the football or as we've said to other people uh about other things is like you know we're gonna we're gonna make you beat us with somebody else navy was dead set if we lose a hundred to nothing I promise you, we're not going to lose a hundred to nothing by giving up two hundred rushing yards. Promise you, no. that. right? And and that was basically that was their thing. We're gonna we're gonna live or die by by you know how we play Drew Pine, yeah. And and Notre Dame's got to be able to say, okay, here's here's kind of where we are, and, and we've got to be able to, to to have some answers to that, yeah. You know, and that's going to be that's going to be the key for me yeah. is you've got to have some answers, and and when when teams kind of figure out this offense. And this is, I think, where Vince is kind of coming from. We haven't shown this coaching staff really with any sort of regularity at all. Like nothing even close to that. Have counter punches, right? And yep. you know
2: that's disappointing. And I, that's it, I yeah. thought we were on You're the right. Way, I, yeah, I thought we were on the right track last last week with the game plan going against tendency and doing all of those different things. Like that was that was great. It was awesome. And Sean made a point in the pregame show today. You know people were being hyperbolic I think maybe not saying that you know Tommy Reese was saving all of his bullets for the big games I I think that that sounds ridiculous but at the same time what look at the facts that we have laid out in front of us I'm just saying I don't
1: (laughs) no I'm just sorry it's just there's a certain political figure that every time he would do something and and people didn't like it. They'd say, no, he's just playing 4D chess. Wait for the next move. And it's like the next move never came. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> and it's yeah. like, no, guys, that's just who he is, right? Like, this isn't yeah. 4D chess. This isn't, like, saving yeah. up all – this is who they are. I mean, that's just – you know, and, and a game like this, it kind, of, it kind of shows it. Unless it's like, no, we were willing to almost lose to Navy because we want to save all these plays for USC. It yeah, just doesn't work just, like that. Yeah, it's hard to I – mean, Again, this is the team that brought out the tight end sneak against UNLV. <laughs> Right? So, you know, um, it'd be great if that were true, but that's just not.
4: You know what this game show? You know what this game show? Because you guys, listening to you, 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 both of you have taught me something today. and I, My eyes have been open.
2: Uh-oh.
1: I don't know if that's good or bad. Or I know. I was
2: like, oh. Or what. No. Uh,
4: and and if, if, if the fan base is listening to you guys, they can pretty much – put a nice – they can ease their emotions because they've learned today that this team has potential to play at a certain level and they have potential to coach at a certain level. We have yet to see that in totality. Will we see that in
1: totality? We've yet never. to see that in totality outside of one game. And that was last week when they blew out the number four team in the country. That's the frustrating thing, Sean. Because I do think that they did all the things we're talking about today they did last week. That's the frustrating yeah. part. Yeah. You know, they were always one step ahead of Clemson last week. Yeah, but Constantly I, I, one step ahead of Clemson last week. So You never had yes. to counterpunch against Clemson because That's you were right. always one step ahead of them. I agree. And so that's but the frustrating thing.
4: That they were pretty much given 14 points by special teams and in an interception. Yeah, but see, to or me, that's not, given.
1: That's, that's not given because the reason – I get what you're saying, but to me, Notre Dame has blocked seven punts this year. That's not fluky. That's just – that's who this team is. You know, oh, I agree. Like, but, like, to me, I mean, I'll say this. Like, if it wasn't for the block punts and the pick six, they'd probably win that game 21 to nothing. Or twenty four to three, I like it was dominant no matter what, right? Um, it it was a twenty one point whooping no matter what. You know, so I'm not going to try to downplay last week because of this. Last week showed what this team is capable of. The first half of this game showed what this team is capable of. The Ohio State game for two and a half quarters showed what this team is capable of. The North Carolina game for two and a half quarters shows what this team is capable of. What we learned about this football team through 10 games is this. You can say whatever you want about talent, and I'll say outside of quarterback, you're just dead wrong about what you think this talent level is if you think it's not really good. But, and what we've seen is this team, when they play their game and the coaching is on point, can play with anyone except maybe Georgia just because it's a unique matchup that, does, that doesn't that does fit, you know, Notre Dame kind of plays into what Georgia wants. But what it also shows is, is when this team is not playing its game, it can lose to Stanford and Marshall and almost lose to Navy. There is not a team in this country that I have seen that has greater highs and deeper lows than what we've seen from Notre Dame. And that's the thing that Coach Freeman's got to fix. But here's why I'm actually encouraged by this, fellas, because that's fixable much easier and quicker than when you realize, you know what, fellas, we just don't have the players. And there's not enough we can do in the portal to fix this. There's one portal thing they need to do to really fix this team. That's it. Yeah, I'd like to see another receiver for depth and it'd be nice to get maybe defensive end for depth and all that. That's all fine. But there's one position where this team just has to get a whole lot better from a player standpoint. And that's quarterback, whether the light goes on for Drew or the light goes on for Buckner or they go to the portal. That's the one position right now where Notre Dame is way behind the other top teams in the country. And this has been true for a long time. It's even more so true now because your starter got hurt. And it's every year it's 2018 playoff. It's Trevor Lawrence, Kyler Murray, Tua, and Ian Book. 2020 playoff. it's Mac Jones and uh, who was the other team in the playoffs in 2020? Um, it was no, it was obviously Mac Jones, Oh Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence, and then Ian Book. This year it's you know it's it's By- Bryce Young and Jaden Daniels. I mean guys are good players. Some are great players. CJ Stroud and then what their name has. But outside of that, this that's all fixable, right? That's my point. If you're like, dude, we're not good enough for running back. We're not good enough for linebacker. We're not good enough for receiver, We're not good enough for corner. We're not good enough on D line. We're not good enough here. Y'all can't fix that in this offseason. They're a position away and figuring some stuff out coaching-wise away from this team being really good, and that's why last week was so enlightening because it wasn't a fluky game. It was a beatdown from start to finish, and we've seen what the special teams can do, When you have consistency in in message and you have a coach that knows how to get his kids ready to play at a high level week after week after week. And that's the encouraging thing. But that's what the challenge is for Coach Freeman is you got to figure out how to get that more, this more and get rid of this. You know, because you want to know what makes Georgia so good is when they have their downs, it's very rare that they're down here. Very rare. South Carolina, 2019. Right. Like it's very rare. It's like once every three, four years, they always get those things. They always end up winning. I mean, they they beat Missouri that, you know, Missouri's a talented team. They're not Marshall. They're not Stanford. Mm-hmm. And so it's about how do you figure out how to keep them here? Brian Kelly was great about figuring out how to keep his team here. Yep. Right. And they never had this, but they never had that. They were just always here. Marcus Freeman has been here and here. They're never here and i'm okay with that i'd i want him to figure out how to keep this team here and if he can do that that's the thing that has me excited because they they're really not that far away and everything that can be that that needs to be fixed can be fixed in an off season we saw it at lsu in 2018 to 2019 right now it, you know it just we've seen it all we've seen it plenty of times we yeah. we see what it can do you know and he's just going think- to figure that out
4: yeah, my, my, the point I was getting to, what you guys said that stuck out to me, was not to poo-poo Clemson. I don't think the offense was great against Clemson. I think they did what mm-hmm. they had to do to win the game, but they left points on the field. And they sure. left points on the field consistently every game this year. Sure. That's sure. been the common thread sure. offensively. So when I say there's inconsistency there, at some point, You get to a point where you're like, yo, it's week 11. This might just be an inconsistent team. What stood out to me, what you said, which I think is going to make the difference, I don't think Notre Dame is without athletes. I Mm -hmm. I know they have athletes. I know they have players. But when you tell me Benjamin Morrison moves different than what we've seen
3: Mm -hmm.
4: and what we have, when you tell me Jalen Sneed moves different than what we've seen or what we have, that's going to be a huge huge contributor to things changing along with the coach. So you can have athletes and then go get another level of athlete. Oh, 100%. And I think that's what I really, that's what hit me today. It's like, you know what? We have athletes, but the athletes we have, if we're being honest, if they would just be consistent, they probably could get to this level. I'm not sure that they could get to national championship level, but they can yeah, compete with the talent they have. That's where we because somewhat you disagree. To, you you yeah. have to include the quarterbacks. You can't sure. you just can't sure. take away the quarterback. Sure. You have to include
1: that. Well, see, that was gonna kind of be my caveat. That is the position yeah. where right now they're just not there. Yeah, they're, they're, they're just not there, right? Yeah. What I was going to say, Sean, is I I do feel like, especially this year, that that this team, when they play, like the, the Clemson, you said there's points left on the board. I guess I'm going to somewhat push back on that because not maximizing every single point against Clemson is not, that's going to happen. I mean, you're never going to go out against a team like Clemson and score every single time you have the ball. And I'm being hyperbolic in my in my response to you. My whole point is is that I'm not going to take away from what the offense did because I really feel like the the what they did what they needed to do was not just because of the lack of talent it was also the conditions. I mean Vince and I were up on the roof. I mean there, Drew Pine oh, wasn't. Dry. I don't care who they had. You know what I mean? So there's there's something to that. Like yeah, I yeah. just don't want to dismiss what they did last week because that's that's how Notre Dame's going to win. Sean is that completeness. They're not going to win because they have a 2019 LSU offense. Right. They're not going to win because they have a 2009 Bama defense. They're going to win because they're not elite necessarily anywhere to those levels, but they're really, really freaking good everywhere. That's how Notre Dame has to win. Right. So like 2000, 1988, Notre Dame didn't have the best offense in the country. They didn't have the best defense in the country. They might've had the best special teams in the country, but nobody was as good at all three of those areas as they were. Right. Notre Dame will never be as good as LSU was in 2019 on offense, ever. You know who else isn't? Like everyone else in the history of college football is the best offense I've ever seen. But you know what they can do? They can be way better than LSU was on defense, way better than LSU was on special teams, and be good enough on offense to say, we're going to be able to beat you. And that's exactly what happened in 2018. If the offense was just pretty good that year, they'd have had a shot to beat Clemson. Right. And that's the thing. Same thing with with, you know, if you could have taken the 2018 defense and put it on the 2020 team, maybe they have a shot to force a couple turnovers and knock off Alabama in the title game or in the semifinal. Right. You get what I'm saying? It's like that's my whole thing is 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 Notre Dame has had teams that were championship level offensively. Championship level defensively, they have one right now, the championship level special teams-wise. What they've never been able to do is put all three of those together. Right, And that's where this program is missing, Sean, and that's where you and I agree. My only point is I think there's still too much conversation about they're not good enough here, they're not good enough there, and I still feel like the coaching is not where it needs to be at some, some key spots, and it has to get better. And so those are going to be the things that Coach Freeman has to figure out because the margin for error at Notre Dame is smaller. I've never said it's not. I've never said it's just as easy to recruit in their name as it is at Bama. I've never said that. What 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 I have said and what Sean and Vince agree with, I know, is it is harder, but it can be done if you're willing to hire the right people and put in the work as the head coach. The head coach is there for that. And, and you're and you've taken the recruiting operation with Chad Bowden and those guys a long way. They've got the number three class in the country and they're not done yet. Right. But now there's some areas where you're like, but yeah, this isn't where it needs to be, Sean. And that's where you're spot on. And so once you threw in the you have to include the quarterback, you you took away my 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 rebuttal because you're absolutely right. That's not a position where because you can't ask Drew Pine to be the North Carolina version of Drew Pine against Georgia. It's just, just not happening. It's just not fair to him. You know, you're 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 asking him to do something that he can't do. And that's not fair to the kid. Right. You know who else can't do it? You know, who else can't do that against Georgia? Every other backup quarterback in America. Right. I mean, that's what Drew is. And and he's being put in positions. And this is my point to kind of what Vince is saying he is your backup quarterback. You know, he struggles with this things, So yeah, stop right. asking him to do that. Yeah, it's yeah. real simple to just say, bro. Listen, Drew, the next time we see this, we're checking to this. I don't care what everybody else does. You don't actually need a pass protection. This is what you're doing. You make yeah. a face at Braden. You kind of give him a little signal. You catch the ball. You take three, three quick drops, and you just throw it deep to Braden. There, there's no read, bro. We're going to call this play. Ian Book yeah. on that play against USC had no read. Yeah. Right, because what was Ian's? This is if you compare Drew to Ian. Ian was not good at reading defenses. He wasn't. But here's what Ian was good at. When you would just tell Ian, dude, this is where you're throwing the ball, Ian was money. Right. Hey, you figure out a way to get that ball to Tony Jones. That was not an easy throw the way that USC was coming at him, right. right? But he got it done, and that and I think Drew can do that if you if you make it easy for him, dude. You got one read, throw this ball here. And that's it. Yeah, that's where you can help him a little bit. But that's not that's not going to make you a champion this year. You're yeah. not. And I think
4: what we tell when we talk about these games, I think the way I think sometimes people take us. Uh, critiquing a player no one in particular but just any player as a negative i think all three of us critique, critique guys because we know when they don't play to their capabilities they're better that's why we say what we say
3: mm-hmm.
4: like there was no shock to me the way jd bertrand played the two previous games because he showed me last year he could play at that level right.
1: Right. Was a fluky two games in a row, right?
4: No. So now in the early in the season we're wondering, yo, what's going on? <laughs> like where is that other guy at that we saw consistently play? Kaiser was the same way last year for most of the year. So that, you know, that's why I said, you know, I think the fan base can kind of ease into understanding who this team is right now. Yeah. Instead of expecting like this super high, having this super high expectation. Just understand like you said, Brian, they have to win this way this year. This is who they are. They have a backup quarterback. You know his struggles. They have a defense. You know the areas that they might struggle with defensively. The offensive line, the run game, it seems like if they step out of duo and some other things they're comfortable in, Vince points out, has pointed out, they're not able to to run the ball as effectively. Okay, right. it's week 11. It's that's all I'm saying. It's week 11. Like at this point, most teams are who they are. Yeah. And if there's going to be a next step, it's probably going to come in preparation for the bowl game. Can they incre- can they play better against Boston College? Yeah. yeah. Can they play better against USC? Can they return to the Clemson form and the North Carolina form? Yeah. Because we've yeah. seen that level, it probably will. But is there a level above that? That's the thing where I'm like, okay,
1: right. And, it could and that's why we said this week, like, know. You, you don't, I don't want to play Georgia this year. It's a bad matchup yes. for this Notre Dame team. It, yeah. it is now, depending on who they get, a, who they have a quarterback next year, I might change my mind on that. Right. right, and that's that's how I feel because I do, I do think this team is better than than they're given credit for. And, and you know, we'll kind of get so. into some of the big picture stuff in the off season, but. End of the day, fellas, is what I do like about this team is they did show they did show growth today in this regard because second week of the season, they lose this game. First, second Saturday of October, they lose this game. They do. They today did. they didn't, you know, right. And that's exactly my my point, right? Second week of the yeah. season, that's when they played Marshall. Yeah. Early in mid- yeah. October, that's when they played Stanford. Yeah. So yeah. they have seen growth. And we're starting to see. Okay, they got dudes that can go out and make plays, especially yeah. in the younger classes, and just keep building on that, right? And it, it, and we're going to be critical, and today was a bummer. Today ticked me off, but you know there is things to learn out of this. If you can't learn from a game like this, then you need to be doing something different with your career. They will learn from this. I just hope that they learn and instruct the right lessons. I would say burn. I would say cut up some effort. Like all, this is what I would always do when I play a true option team as a defensive coordinator. Give me a cut up of effort plays. good and bad mm-hmm. right? Give me bad effort plays. give me good effort plays. I don't care about the scheme and then that's what I'm that's what we're watching in film tomorrow. That's it. when you talk about the you, you don't waste two hours watching film breaking down your what your assignment should have been because it doesn't matter. like Vince said it doesn't matter give me effort stuff so I can embarrass some dudes and give dudes some praise to make – because, like, look, shame is a good tool for a football coach if used correctly. Mm-hmm. Shame where you yell at a kid in front of his mom and dad or in front of his girlfriend and you just trying to embarrass him. It, that's not – that's not – no, uh-uh. Getting a guy in front of his teammate to say, what is that? You're a scholarship football player at the University of Notre Dame. You're a guy that I depend on, and you're going to do that? I have no problem with that. Because if that guy won't respond to that, then he should not be playing for you. That's the kind of shame that I that I like that I think can work. Because you're going to challenge a guy's okay, where's your heart? Right? Where's your mindset? Are you okay with this? And if you know you call out Maris on some plays, and if Maris is the kid that I think he is, he's gonna come out next week and he's gonna have about 13 tackles against Boston College. If he's the guy that I think he is. And if he doesn't respond to it, then Maybe it's time to make a move to Jalen's need or Prince Collie, you know what I mean, and and so that's kind of what I'd like to see, fellas, coming out of this game because they got the W, right? They got the W, and and Vince, you said it, man. This is such a weird, this is such a weird team to evaluate. It really is. It is. They yeah. just do such weird stuff, and and <laughs> you just, you know, we're we're fit, pissed off and frustrated, but I don't want to make this too much of a macro thing. I really don't except right. for the fact that this is still a team that has some maturity issues and that. They just can't stay focused all the time, you know? Yeah.
3: Yeah. And that's, we're gonna have to learn.
2: And, and, you know? and the coaching staff is going to have to learn how to keep them, keep them focused and, and get that maturity level up. I mean, that's part, that's coaching. And that's what these guys need to learn as a staff too. So, I mean, that's, that is absolutely part of it, you know, and, I think you're absolutely right. This staff, this team loses this game if it's earlier in the season because we saw that happen already. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you do have to take that positive spin on it and that they yeah. did win. Now, a win is not just a win, as Sean pointed out. And I agree with that wholeheartedly. I sent you guys a, a, a text about fun. that. And that <laughs> I agree that that is a problem. Like, I don't want my quarterback saying that, right? But at the same time, That is a good thing that they won the game, and we can nitpick. It's just like I said, when they lost to Stanford, when they lost to Marshall, I didn't think that the valleys were going to be so low with Marcus Freeman. I thought we would be having these kind of discussions. Nitpicking, some of the – not nitpicking, but talking about the negatives, but with a win under their belt. Like, these are the conversations I thought we were going to have more often, not I can't believe they just lost to Marshall and Stanford. It was, hey, there's a lot of stuff they can clean up, but they got the win.
1: And I could have we even have lived with one of those, here. Vince. Sure. I could have lived with one of those,
2: sure. Right, preferably like, the earlier one. If
1: they would have lost to Marshall and beat Stanford and still be sitting where they are right now at eight and two, I'd, I'd feel so much different about this football team.
2: Yes, and I'd absolutely. feel so much
1: better about today. Yes. But but next week's another opportunity, fellows, and and we're not done yet because sure. we have we have a bunch of super chats we're going to get to here. But look, you know, a win is a win in the record book, and in the record book, I would much rather get this kind of win than a loss. Yeah. And and that's the thing is, but the players got to understand that a win is not a win in regard to the process. And that's where it comes down to. A win is a win when we're talking about the result. What's your record? But when you're talking about trying to get this and Sean, this is kind of where you're coming from earlier is what's the goal here? What's the objective here is the objective to have another 48 game game win streak against Navy. Or is your objective to win championships? Because you won a bunch of those during that 48-game win streak against Navy. The objective is to win championships. And today, you did not take a step towards that. You took a step away from that. And that's what has to be corrected and adjusted. But here's the great thing about it. Next week against Boston College, you get another shot to take a step forward again. And we'll see what they do. And I'm 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 encouraged to see that. And it's going to be a fun offseason. I'll say that. Right, so you got you. We we've talked about some stuff off the air that we can't. We'll eventually get into that. You're like, yeah, this is going to be a real fun off season. But this, no doubt this
0: honestly, that.
4: this is where it gets fun, guys. Mm-hmm. This is where it gets fun. It's the build. Because you you see this team get better. You see a win like Clemson. Hopefully they sweep November, and hopefully they get a win in the bowl game. But at the same time, you start to see. Glimpses of the future. You start to see guys like Benjamin Morrison. You start to see guys right. like For sure. you're like Or you see a kid like Gabriel Rubio make plays, mm-hmm. one or two plays. Sure. He's going to get better with each rep. And he's going to be better by the time he gets through the spring and into the fall. And you start to see Prince collie coming on. He's making plays. And you start to say, okay, all right, yeah, you know, nine and three. Bowl win, I fully expect 11, 10, 11 wins next year with a chance at a Mm -hmm. college football playoff berth. Going back to what you said, if certain things are handled, certain positions are handled a certain way, either via transfer or recruiting, let's say. The sky's the limit. I think it is like, yeah, this is not a doom or gloom. I hope fans aren't like
1: totally just in the no, place it's not of, doom and gloom because, look, if I thought this – guys, not, if we thought this team is who they are and this is – then we'd be like, hey, you know what? Because then a win yeah. would be a win. If yeah, we right. were talking about we're Purdue and I'd be like, hey, guys, we got the W. We're 7-3. and three. Right. This is good. Right. Chill. Right. We're fine. That's the whole thing. And, look, I love Marcus Freeman as the head coach. I think he's going to do great things in their name, But here's the deal. The thing I promised the day that Brian Kelly left – And then I promised again the day that Marcus Freeman was going to be hired. I don't like Brian Kelly. I never hid that fact. I do like Marcus Freeman. But my beef with Brian Kelly personally has nothing to do with the standard I held him to as the head football coach. And the fact that I like Marcus Freeman personally and think he's a great guy is not going to affect the standard of which I hold the head coach of Notre Dame or the Notre Dame football team, which is championships. And last week they played like a team that's that's a lot closer than people realize. Today, that team is still the same team. That was not a fluky game because we've seen it every time they've played someone good this year. Right. But we still, this team's got a lot of grown up to do. And that's the encouraging thing. That's the encouraging thing. Is yes, yeah, today stunk a little bit in some ways, but they got the W and they get another shot to get back at it next week. And we're gonna hold Coach Freeman to the same standard. And you know what? You know who else is gonna hold him to that standard? He is like Marcus Freeman's going to send us off as freaking Driscoll being mad not giving us credit for a win. No. Okay. If Marcus Freeman's the guy that I think he is, we're not pissed enough. I really think what right. I've learned what what I feel now after 11 weeks is what Marcus Freeman says publicly is not what Marcus Freeman thinks privately. That's That's fact. one thing I feel like I've learned.
3: You right. know,
1: and, and and I guarantee you he is not going to be someone you want to be sitting next to on a plane right home. And that's that's how I think. And um, cause I do think he's process oriented. I do. Uh-huh. And uh, they'll get this thing figured out. I, I, I do. I do think that, but and next week's a, a crack to get at that. And I'll say this before we move on to uh, the super chats, maybe uh, Scott Satterfield could have, should have kept his mouth shut during the week of preparation this week. Cause they're losing us 24, 10 right now. Uh, so uh, yeah, maybe he should have shut his pie hole a little bit, but yeah, we'll see. Anyway, that's going to do it for the, this portion of the post game show. We are going to have some Super Chats coming up in a minute. But before we get there, folks, everybody, I'd like for you to do us a favor. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Hit the notification bell. Share this podcast. Sign up or subscribe to the CFB Nation podcast so you can get that guy right there every single day, Monday to Saturday, Lucky Lefty Podcast with Sean Davis and former Notre Dame quarterback Malik Zaire. They're now the, the Notre Dame channel on CFB Nation. And so you can check out all their shows that we've already got started rocking and rolling. I think the shows have been great. The feedback has been great so far. So we're excited about that. Check out the merch store, sign up for the boards of boards